Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let me introduce the team. A second-generation gloved artisan and the boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Look, mate, the, the salmon was a touch dry. Oh, sorry, Ross, just having some issues with the caterers, mate. Oh, right. <laughs> um, okay. good, it's good to be hearing your voice again, Ross, and it's good yes. to be back in the Powerhouse traditional time slot of Sunday evening. Mm. Um, I just have one request for you, Ross, to be honest yes. with you. Yes. Uh, I need you to keep uh, Alex on a tight leash tonight, because okay. the cricket starts at 3am, so I'm hoping to get a few hours kit in before I uh, <laughs> have to watch the boys tackle the West Indies. So keep him to his usual, say, 60, 65 minutes. Uh, I should be able to get a couple of hours in. <laughs> Very good point. I've got to spend, obviously, several hours in the editing booth after this, so I don't want to go <laughs> up to the small hours. Yes. Yes. It's a man who said Dave Warner modelled his game on, and our man with his ear to the ground on all things local cricket and club politics. Welcome, Michael. Hello, gents. Hi, Mick. Hi, Mick. Australia's number one Nathan Lyon fan and our groundskeeping guru. Hello, Alex. Today we come to you from the Twin Studios. I'm in the Alex Doolan Studios and the rest of the crew are back in the concrete bunker that is the Mick Lewis Studios. <laughs> Getting some reverse. Oh yeah, this is a big lug <laughs> production brought to you by our ever-increasing list of financially viable sponsors. The Gold Medal <laughs> Soft Drink Company, Colin Class Submarine, Dick Smith, <laughs> Masters, Pizza Haven, Barnacle Bills, Ollie's Trolley, Bilo. Franklin Supermarkets, Tucker Bag, Pocket Mail, Hey, Pocket Mail Me, Copper <laughs> LazyDisc, Flash Drives, and all our podcasts are recorded onto high-quality Betamax. Oh, yes, please. Oh, yes. <laughs> to kick us off today, it's over to Mick with local cricket, and it's a mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an M-U-M-R, it's a made-up match report. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you, uh, Roscoe. Um, so... This week's uh, made-up match report, we head to Western Australia to check out the uh, Albany Cricket Association's A-grade grand final. So Albany CA is a one-day slash T20 comp featuring six teams. Those teams are the Royals, North County, Collingwood Park, Denmark, and our grand finalists, Many Peaks and the Railways Cricket Club. Oh, Railway. Mm. My team's the Collingwood Park, by the way. Yeah. Go to Many's. Yeah. Go the Parkers. <laughs> so at the end of the 21-game season, Railways entered the granny as unbackable favourites after finishing top of the table with 17 wins. The Railways side featured two of the comp's top six run scorers, Brendan, spirit of cricket, Crudelli, <laughs> who made 525 runs at an average of 35, and Zane, in the membrane, Marwick, <laughs> who finished the season with 450 runs at 50. Uh, interesting um, point there, Mick. Sorry to interrupt you. The, your yeah. first um, notable batsman there, his name was Brendan, and he averaged 35. 35, yeah. Uh, legend. Yeah. New Zealand legend. Yeah. <laughs> Best player ever. Uh, not to be outdone by their brothers, Nathan, yes, I'm Brendan's brother, Gridelli, took 33 wickets at 11 and a half, and Cohen, hey, at least Cohen's better than Zane, Marwick, who snagged 27 poles at 15. Right, so uh, in this plethora of statistics, let's not forget Many Peaks man of all-round ability, Daniel Jules Vernon, who not only made 512 runs at 36.5 for the year, but also led the comp for wickets with 41 wickets at 10 and a bit. So as Alex and myself know, it takes a very special player to finish the season with 40-plus scalps. Oh, yeah. You've got to be pretty damn good. <laughs> Underbold. 
All righty. So on to the match report. The Railways Cricket Club won the toss, and the conductors decided to have a bat. Cohen Marwick and Brendan Cridalli opened the innings who got, and got to 21 before Marwick was on his way back to the pavilion with 14 beside his name after being given out LB. And it's fair to say he didn't take it very well. Deep fine leg yelling out, it was plumb from here, mate. Uh, didn't help the situation either. As Cohen stomped off the ground, he was replaced by his parents' favourite child, Zane Marwick, who made a match high score of 75. Which locals described as in Zane. Oh, God. So, Wasn't he in the Zane when he made it? Yeah, definitely in the Zane. So uh, Matt Big Bad Wolf uh, chipped in with 40 to help Railways get to 9 for 214 off their 50 overs. Daniel Vernon did his reputation no harm, taking 3 for 34 for many peaks. With uh, first change bowler Miles or kilometres, depending on where you're from. Mayan also taking three wickets. Uh, Many Peaks skipper Ryan uh, Kinnear could be heard telling the lads, four and over, boys, nothing stupid, it'll come. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't heed his own advice, being dismissed for a duck when an attempted pull-shot second ball turned into a top edge. Judging by the distance his bat travelled after he threw it, I guess it weighs about two pound eight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was still a glimmer of hope inside the Peakers camp, with Daniel Vernon still in the shed. Unfortunately, that hope turned to despair when Vernon was dismissed for eight, leaving many peaks three for 46 and 169 runs away from victory. This is the time in a Disney movie when an unlikely hero plays beyond his talent and leads his side to victory. Oh, here we go. Sadly for many peeps, my name's not Walt, and a magically enhanced bat mouse wasn't batting at five. Many peeps would be dismissed for 116 in the 46th over, with tailender Aaron, the travelling Tilbury, top scoring with 27 not out. Leading wicket taker for the conductors was Tim Tam Edmonds, who took three for 31, with opener Nathan Cradelli also taking three. So the Railway Boys took home the uh, Tarkin Lockyer Shield. Tarkin Lockyer's from Albany for those playing at home. With Inzane in the membrane, Marwick winning the mid-off cricket, man of the match, man of the match, and a year's supply of groceries from Tucker Bay. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that's it for local cricket this week. Uh, how, how did you choose that to do your um, fake made-up match report? How I did you pick that game. I honestly just went on my cricket and just started typing in randomly. Spun the wheel of Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Aubrey. No, good I thought it was a made-up match report, though. With all that four and over boys, don't do anything stupid. It just sounds like it'll be just a match report. Knock around for the yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep wickets in hand till drinks. And then yeah, we'll wickets in hand run. till drinks. Two and over till drinks. Yeah. Boring <laughs> cricket will win this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one or two down, fellas, yeah. and drinks. Even one or two none, down. None, we can still, we got hitters in the sheds. <laughs> if we each make 30, we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I've never made 30. Oh, well, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> That's the issue when we play cricket. Oh, Someone yeah. says, we each make, make 18, 20. we can yeah. win this. I oh, know, then I've got to make 60 because there's three blokes <laughs> on the side I'm capable of doing making 20. I remember a fateful final where I dropped a bloke and made 150. I think we needed something like, oh, if everyone gets 42 each, we do it at a rate of five and over. Yeah, We've got, we've got, we've got 11 blokes averaging sub 20. Yeah, yeah just get 42 each in a final. No, that's, that's easy. Oh, no, it's 
Seven people have to get seventy. Thanks, Mick. Everyone oh. loved that at this end. Uh, another great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's your stinger too. Yeah. yeah. I think his hosting powers are going from strength to strength. Yeah. Oh, it's only yes. taken twenty yes. episodes. Uh, we move on to a segment that is sponsored by the book section of the local Salvos. <laughs> <laughs> it's over to Alex for groundskeeping corner. I that's your stinger, Salvo, mate. <laughs> I think the um, Salvos actually sort of make money, so they can't sponsor us. So. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, we're we gonna get sued for that. I've heard they've been trying to distance themselves from Alex anyway, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, well not judge a boy's wardrobe, <laughs> Yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. thanks, mate. No worries. So today we're continuing the Around the Ground segment. Uh, I've looked into my two op-shop books and found the uh, Wantage Road ground. Ross, who plays there? Uh, would that be North Hants? Yes, correct. Now, you've lived in England, so you know everything about it. Have you been in England, Ross? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a stinger for another second. Actually, just because Northants, uh, the first game of county cricket I saw, it was at Lords and Northants were playing Middlesex. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, big uh, Zulu, Lance Kluzner. Oh, Lance Kluzner. Yeah, he was playing for Northants. That was a few years yeah. ago now. Mm. Yeah, okay. Wow. Who won? I, I imagine Middlesex. Oh, no, I, um, no, it was a four-day game, so I only saw oh, yeah. part of one day, but um, that was it. Mm, it was good. Yeah, okay. The reason why I say it's probably Middlesex is because Northamptonshire, or Northants, are perennially poor in yes. county cricket. really bad. So they first joined um, county cricket. They played, like, some counties or minor county cricket for a few years, but they first joined county cricket in 1878. And their first success in any form was a Gillette Cup win in 1976. Oh. So they had nearly 100 years of nothing. Well, you wow. think about that, you're like, you talk about like Western Bulldogs in the AFL or something, yeah. like they haven't won one for 50 years. 100 years of not winning anything, unbelievable. But anyway, we move on because no one seems to... What was the Boston Red Sox at? About 100 years. About 100. Years, well, the Cubs, the, the Billy Goat curse of the Cubs is 80 or 90 years yeah, ago too. Yeah, okay. the, um, yeah. It's interesting point there, though, Alex, you're right. I'm surprised they've been around for that long. Yeah. And also... So like most county um, sides, there's always seems to be like a period where they're nearly yeah. going to go under and some yep. duke or earl or lord bails them out yeah. to make sure, which happened. There's a bloke called Albert Cockerell who... Um, Presented the ground trust of the what the uh, Wantage Road ground to them after oh. they they used to play out of the race course oh, in okay. um, Northampton. And sure. also that Gillette Cup would be a one day tournament, so they yes, didn't yeah, they've win... never won a county tournament. They've come second oh. like six oh, times, okay. like four times. Yep, so they never won the four day county championship. Yep. No, yeah, they've never. The last time they come second was in 1976. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're perennial um, second division team. In county cricket, too. Yes. Yeah. It's surprising, though. They've had some really good players playing for them. Alan Lamb, the 79 Test for England. Yep. Monty Panesar played there. I'm not sure if he still does. No, nah, he's Bishop moved Betty. I'm not sure if he's really good, either. They're playing mm. Test cricket. So yeah. he's, he's from Luton, which is nearby there, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I okay. think he's moved around a bit now, like just pissing on hotel floors and stuff. <laughs> it's about to bring that <laughs> yeah. So, Capital Dev played there. Kirtley Ambrose played there. Adam Cook played. Matty Hayden and Mike Hussey have played there. So you think, well, they've got to, like, I mean, obviously not all at the same time, yeah. but they've had good players through there. It's interesting why they've never really been successful. 
They're from a very small population base, I think. Yes, I did mm. read that as well. The town is quite small. And the county is quite small. Yeah, and they've got other counties just really close to them. Uh, okay. They're, so in, just... they're just north of London, like 70 miles or something, and there must be four counties within, I don't know, 100 kilometres of each other or something. Yeah, right. Silly. Oversaturation. This yeah. is all foreign, right? I'm happy with all this, but yeah. what are the ends of the ground called? Oh. <laughs> I'm just covering them so okay. a bit can't read it. Okay. Uh, well, we could have a guess. Really? Right. No. I think, isn't it true that at one end of the ground they put a, a large scoreboard and in the scoreboard they put a bell and it's known <laughs> it's known as the scoreboard end? <laughs> <laughs> you got me to start that. I actually was like listening to you to start that. And I was like, oh, yeah, the bell's going. You nearly got me. It's like four weeks in a row. Um, the George Street end? Close. It's two... Roads or street ends. The townhouse end? No, yeah. Wantage Road end? Yes. Oh. And the ground's called Wantage Road. <laughs> yes. The Burke Street end? Because it's not Road end. Road. The Punt Road end? The Abington Avenue end. Is the oh, that was my next guess. Yeah. It's a weird shaped ground too, guys. It's not Pointy. even oval in any sense of the word. I don't think it ever would have been an oval. It's flat down one end. There's a convex Curve in one end, in that cow corner to the left-hander, when you're hitting towards the Abington Avenue end. It's a huge... I think there's a bowling green that's cut into, like, half where the ground used to be. It's good for radio. Oh. This is, so it's, like, jutting into what would be a circle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it would, it's not really a circle. It's more yeah. like... Is it bowling or practice wickets? I don't know. Maybe practice wickets. But no, it, it actually doesn't got lawn balls. Yeah, it seems weird to cut into your ground with a whole bunch of practice wickets that make yeah. it not ovulate. Maybe it's like the whole Windy Hill thing where the lawn bowls just took over and said, get yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We'll give you this much of the ground, but you're not having it at all. Yeah, and the croaky. Don't forget that. Yeah, <laughs> croquet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't get in the way of the croquet. Yeah. So, uh, so, the first county match was 1905. They're... In 1907, uh, North Ant scored their lowest ever score, which was all out for 12. <laughs> we all just get one, boys. Someone's got to get two. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the power hitters coming in, fellas. We've got to get that 12. <laughs> um, and at like, my last um, county ground uh, around the grounds, we had some ridiculous stats for the like leading run scorers and stuff. Oh. So Dennis Brooks, Brooksy, who played from 1934 to 59, 28,980 runs at an average of 36. Oh, oh Brandon McCullum. <laughs> yeah. So North Hans legend, national legend, leading wicket taker, old Nobby Clark. Oh, Nobbler. Not even someone. You know, nickname Nobby. His first name is Nobby. Yeah. Nobby Clark from 1922 to 47 with 1,102 wickets at an average of 21. I heard um, Nobby Clark used to like to bowl in the bell end. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He used to hold the um, his bat like really low on the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, handle. handle. <laughs> you got to get it right, mate. What, what would um, Nobby traditionally be a nickname for? Oh, I don't know. I, just, I don't see it as being a first Norbert. Norbert. Ah, yes. Yeah. Lots of Robert. people called Norbert in that era, I believe. Yeah. 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 Millions of Norberts around yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so Keith Andrew with the most wicket-keeping dismissals. 
Between 1953 and 66, 810, with 653 caught, 157 stumpings. That's cute. And Alan Lamb's the most capped test player. Oh, is that cute, is it, Paul? How many dismissals do you have? Yeah, I probably doubled it. <laughs> <laughs> so the best bowling performance in his innings was uh, G.E. Tribe in to the rumour that Gold Coast Suns are going to play there from now on? I think Port Adelaide is selling an away game there. Um. <laughs> selling a home game. Uh, no, I don't know the game was right. Yeah, good. So I'll move on. Alex, has there ever been any international cricket at Wantage Road? Two one-day internationals, thanks, Mick. Two one-day internationals, both in the World Cup that was held in England. All right, okay. So no tests, but the first, or no, no men's test, I should say, the first ever women's test match was held there oh. in 1957. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, against uh, England and Australia. I'm not sure who won. Would you like to know how to get there with rail, Ross? No. Uh, yes, yes, that would be very, very interesting. Yeah. You might be able to tell me what this means. Northampton, and in brackets, BR, two miles. British rail? I guess, I don't know, it's weird. But by bus, there's about a million different transfers, so don't take bus. Okay. But by car, you just go from the north, you go on the M1 Junction 16, then A45, follow the sides north head to the town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm just giving you enough time to whip up the Claxton horn. Ah, right? uh, yeah, I didn't have that one handy. <laughs> so, I might have. So the yawn will have to do. <laughs> Anything, is there any other notable players from there, like England players other than Alan Lamb? Not really. A lot of guys from uh, early on, mm-hmm. they just, uh, so Dennis Brooks, I think, played one test, but scored mm-hmm. 30,000 runs for the yeah. county, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was hard done by. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few notable players that have played there. So there was a guy who I only know of the last name, Clark, but he was a bit of a firebrand fast bowler. So Sylvester good... Clark. Sorry? The West Indian bloke. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was an English dude. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so... Is that Billy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good gag. <laughs> so I'll just finish this one little anecdote, which is kind of funny. So, oh. one morning, this Clark bloke, after the second slip catch had been spilled, he suddenly stopped on way back to his bowling mark. He looked at a skylark in full song overhead and roared, What the fuck have you got to sing about? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. The bloke has full meltdown. He's fucking shouting at a skylark. Oh, yeah, that, that was pretty funny. I, I, thought you were say, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say he's going to yell out, why the fuck did I leave West Ivanhoe for this? <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, so not really a huge um, English side sort of hotbed, no, Ross. They're real bottom of the heap stuff, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. real can... perennial losers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they were, if they're like Fitzroy, but they haven't been put down yet. I was, I was going to say they're lucky Ross Oakley doesn't run uh, county cricket. <laughs> Um, and at the time of this book, the groundsman was R. Bailey. Just to bring it right back to the groundsman. 1974. <laughs> That's a book shutting for you guys. We have a brief look now at state cricket, and um, David, you'll be aware that pre-season has started. Oh, I saw a picture of the uh, Adelaide boys, or the South Australian boys, on the track. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I couldn't see Mark Cosgrove there. Oh, he must right. be he must be doing things in county cricket. No, I think he was just in the club rooms getting his ankles strapped. Ah, yes. <laughs> so the so old uh, turn up five yeah, minutes after yeah. the time trial. He's just going to go in yeah. for a bit of five star under arm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 when the hill runs start, I think I've just clicked something in the yeah. calf there. Yeah. Go back in and get the girls to look at. Hey, have you seen it, Ross? Oh, look, I've seen some uh, the um, uh, cricket Tasmania have been irritating me with their. Um, pictures of pre-season weightlifting, so I just unfollowed them, and then South yeah. Australia were soon, soon behind them with more pictures of blokes running, so I unfollowed them as well. So uh, it's happening anonymously, as far as I can tell now. I did see a picture of um, Peter Siddle was jogging. Yep, I yeah. saw that one. To the butchers, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> that bloke could do with getting off social media too, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where's yeah. Where's just real, real sort of... Sickening he's not sort of but stuff. He's 16 years old. He dresses yeah. like he's a 16 year old. Still got the bloke. sticker on his cap. Yeah. Flattest yeah. peaks ever. Yeah. I always saw him in Aubrey on cricket trip. He was dressed like that too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's how he dresses. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, what the hell, man? Yeah. His missus was looking alright though. Yeah, she allegedly. Was. Yeah. No, 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 allegedly. She was looking alright. I don't know if it was his missus, but. I really should have That's allegedly. Yeah. That's allegedly. That. It was his missus. Could be dropping might have, He might have been hiding in Aubrey because she was the. That's true. Oh, yeah. yeah. I shouldn't be talking about people wearing weird kit anyway. I've got my pom pom beanie on with my headphones over the top <laughs> like an idiot, so. But, um. And I'm wearing cricket socks in winter. What an idiot. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, that's been the fashion podcast. Uh, yeah. I'll see you guys yeah. next week. Speaking yeah. of fashion, the bloody Bush Rangers like training kit, this shit house t-shirt thing they're wearing looks stupid. You, what do you guys thought? So you, so you shouted you wanted to buy one and now you can't. No, he'll have to stick one. to the, um, the Australian <laughs> test shirt. Yeah, yeah, which I wear to every test that I go and watch. With your replica, <laughs> with your replica baggy green. Yeah. And yeah. spikes. And yeah. spikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Ross going, touching back on South Australia. I just I heard that uh, Cosgrove missed the um, first session because he was at the opening of the new McDonald's chips of gravy. He was <laughs> he's the um, he's the, the official he's the official ambassador of uh, French fries of gravy from McDonald's South Australia. So he had prior commitment, so he couldn't make pre-season training. Oh, okay. Is it true that he's the grimace? <laughs> <laughs> Just jumps into a purple pool of tape and comes out. I can't confirm or deny that, but he has been seen hanging out with uh, Andrew McDonald a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. All the familiar symptoms mm. of the grimace, anyway. Yep. And uh, it seems Chris Gale's not coming back for the BBL. Oh, I'm shattered. Yeah, that's disappointing. Followed through on that. Yep. 
Well, like I'm an AFL member, I'm also a BBL member, so I'm reneging my BBL membership now yeah. because he's not coming back. Oh, really? So I think the newspapers will be upset. Yeah. So yeah. word is he essentially did the exact same thing again. And, uh, in the IPL, right? Yeah, in the yeah. IPL, talking to a couple of female reporters uh, in the same vein of what he did out here. I think that's a no pun intended, no? No. Nah. Nah, <laughs> no pun intended, I didn't think of that. But he was talking about his bat. Yeah, so, he was, yeah. yeah. So it's a really weird sort of behaviour. Yeah. Well, he's a weird unit. Oh, he's got a strip of politics. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's unusual for a man of such high class to behave in this manner. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was very close to Brendan McCullough on lockdown, you know. Yeah. High class level. Definitely. This is spiralling out of control, Ross. It leads us into the IPL, which wrapped up last weekend. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so um, Dave Warner's uh, Hyderabad Sunrises, coached by Hyderabad Sunrise Eagles. Yes. DLF Maximum. They, the Pepsi Cola Cup. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, they, oh, I don't know what happened. Did anyone know? I didn't watch a second of it. <laughs> they no. won. Yeah, they well, won. I know Warner made 93 off 58 or something like that yeah. to help him chase down, was it 180-odd in the semi-final? Yeah, he got him be, into the final. Yeah, it was meant to be one of the greatest T20 run chases of all time and the best T20 innings he's ever played. Pity we couldn't see it. Mm. Yeah, and pity you didn't do it two months earlier in the World T20, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Well, um, he's opening again now. Yeah, and then they won, the, they won the final. Yeah, beat someone. Don't know. That's usually so does that make him the first um, non-Indian captain to win it? Shane Warne. Shane Warne. Oh, Warne. Oh, yeah. And Gilly, too. I think he was the... Yeah, Gilly won one. Yeah, yeah. One and two Jeez, and three and four. Is there captain that has won it? <laughs> Australian Oh, MS Dhoni at um, the CSKA Chennai, Sup- uh, Chennai Super Pizza Cats, or whatever they're called. Yeah. <laughs> CSKA Moscow, or whatever they were. Did Shane Watson win one as captain? No, no not no. as captain. But he no. won player of the tournament in the first tournament, I think. What, yeah. what coloured helmet is that? Is that oh, the gold God, one or the orange God. one? Poo brown. Poo brown. I think that's the best um, square leg fielder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. The Lucy Sheets get helmet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Virat Kohli made a few runs. He made his thousand oh, yeah. runs. Four billion, didn't he? Yeah. He doesn't when it counts, too. Yeah. We well, actually don't yeah. normally. But yeah. it's funny that he scored a four billion during a, like, a domestic competition. Mm. Yeah, really. Uh, de Villiers turned it on as well from yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. from what I read. Oh yeah, didn't they both score two hundred and fifty zero wickets? Yeah, I think so. They both opened or whatever. It went mental. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. But unfortunately, yeah, yeah hard to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, we um, we move on from that expansive look at IPL over to the Express Lane. All righty, so. Uh... Oh, so we've got the uh, express lane. So for those of uh, those of you out there, that's uh, blokes who have played uh, 12 games or less for uh, Australia. So uh, in the light of the recent annou- announcement that Mick Lewis will be pulling on the creams this summer for the Coburg Cricket Club in Victoria's sub-district cricket competition, I decided to take a trip down the express lane with the man they nicknamed Blinky Bill. Growing up in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, Mick Lewis didn't take a traditional path to international cricket, never representing Victoria at junior level, but his career took off for the stratosphere when he snagged the elusive double hat-trick when representing Rosanna <laughs> against the world-famous West Ivano United Roosters. Word of this feat reached the Northgate United District Cricket Club, 
And once they found out that HDCA legend Gary Brown was one of the four scalps, the deal was done. After working with 1970s test tearaway Rodney Hogg, Lewis remodelled his action and turned himself into a regular player for the Bush Rangers. Lewis, Lewis's newfound consistency saw him take more than 25 wickets in the four seasons from 03 slash 04 through to the 06 through to 06 07. With a standout being the 0405 season where he took 38 wickets and earned himself a Cricket oh, Australia contract. 25 wickets a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 I thought, yeah, tell me about No, sorry, 25 wickets a season. Wickets sorry, sorry, yeah. my bad. Yeah, right. uh, so he got his Cricket Australia contract and that's when the fun times really started. <laughs> so the 0506 summer saw Lewis become the 155th player to represent Australia in one-day international cricket, making his debut in the second game of that summer's Chapel Hadley Trophy, uh, the Jewel Mustaka Cup, series against the Sheep Shaggy Care Bears. Uh, Lewis led the Aussie bowling lineup with three for 56 on debut. Despite showing strong signs in the New Zealand series, Lewis lost his spot to soon-to-be in the Express Lane 2, I imagine, Brett Dory. Oh, <laughs> For the, v- for the VB ODI series featuring Australia, Sri Lanka and the Sappers. Lewis was called back into the squad when Glenn McGrath had to leave the squad, unfortunately, due to the uh, illness of his then-wife, Jane. Uh, Lewis maintained his spot in the squad and travelled with the Oz to take part in an ODI series in South Africa. Mick made his way into the side for the fourth ODI, but it was the fifth ODI in Johannesburg where Lewis stamped himself into international cricket history and pub trivia night folklore. The fifth ODI featured two centuries by Australian players. Ricky Ponting getting 164 runs off 504, oh, sorry, off 105 balls. And Mick Lewis getting 113 runs off 60 balls. <laughs> the only issue being that Lewis was bowling the 60 balls that made up his century. This record-breaking spell will go down as the most expensive in ODI history. Surpassing New Zealand care band Martin Sneddon's 105 against England in 1983. The one thing that does need to be noted about good old Marty's 105, that that was back in the day when you could bowl 12 overs. So he actually bowled two more overs oh, than course. Okay. Uh, so this marked the end of Lewis's seven-game ODI career. He would play two T20 internationals against South Africa where he was Australia's leading wicket-taker. And unfortunately, those four wickets weren't enough to keep his international cricket dreams alive. Uh, after his exit from the Aussie team, Lewis went back to state cricket. Unfortunately, a mix of injury and poor form saw him struggle to maintain his spot in the Victorian side, announcing his retirement in 2008. After a heartfelt letter from Coburg stalwart Lucy Sheathcote, Mick Lewis signed <laughs> on to play with the Burgers and took out the club's bowling award. The next year, Lewis was made captain and led Coburg to the flag. In uh, 2010-11, the KFC Big Bash saw Lewis sign on with the WA Warriors, where he took a wicket with his very first ball in the black and gold, dismissing Mark Cosgrove. You wouldn't have missed it if it was a hamburger. It can be confirmed as the sledge Cosy was sent off with, but uh, can't be confirmed as the sledge that he was sent off with, but it would be fitting. Hmm. Uh, but most recently, the man they called Blinky found himself in the spotlight again during this year's Sheffield Shield final, where his new te- technique for polishing a cricket ball... One part sweat, three parts concrete gutter. <laughs> Saw him fine $2,300. Uh, so, yeah, so Mick Lewis uh, finished his career with seven ODIs for seven wickets of 55 <laughs> and two T20 internationals for, for four wickets at 12 and a bit. 
So, yeah, so he's got, so he's, his T20 numbers weren't too bad, but it's fair to say the old uh, 113 off 10 overs stamped his yeah. papers. But uh, we wish him good luck heading back to the sub-district ranks uh, for this upcoming summer, and uh, I'm sure he'll uh, do his fair share of damage uh, across the parkland in Melbourne. A little story about uh, Mick. I ran into him probably two weeks ago at the pub that we shall not name with all the dumb food trucks in it, and they never let me in. Yes. But... Um, he was there with uh, Tim Medley's favourite man, old Johnny Raywood. Ah, Johnny fucking uh, Raywood. Yeah, Johnny yeah. fucking Raywood, he's mate. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't have the balls to bring up the 113 off uh, 10 yeah. overs, nor did I have the balls to let him know that this is now the concrete bounds of the big <laughs> <laughs> But terrific fella, anyway. At any rate. And uh, that's me done, Oscar. Well, thank you very much. Uh, didn't uh, we, uh, didn't Mick ball. Lewis play at um, Rosanna? Yeah, I mentioned yeah. that if you listen. What were you doing? Oh, sorry. I was busy. <laughs> no, but he's from someone else before that too. Isn't he from Montmorency? I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, okay. You just played for the dirty stink of Rosanna Cruz. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yep. So okay. on that game when he got hit for 113, there yeah. would have been another couple of bowlers that would have got very close to Oh, Roger Taylor. No, so, so I was looking at this because this was my belief as yeah. well. But I had to look through the stats. So... The, probably the closest to God there. I think Binger went for 75 yeah. off about seven. Can I cut in here, Mick? Yep. Nathan Bracken took a fifer, didn't he? Yes, yeah, he oh. did. So Binger went for none for 75 off about eight overs. Bracken took five for about 70 yeah. off his 10 it or eight overs. 10, but I think, I think it went up. Lewis, guys, Lewis was the seven. only bloke who bowled 10 overs. Yeah. Or, I, think yeah. even, I think Michael Clark bowled five overs for like 50. Yeah, okay. Like. So everyone went relatively expensively, yeah, but he was the yeah. only one that really got that. I, he's obviously clearly made the ton, yeah. but the other guys weren't really given the chance to give the. It was the same with the Saffers. I don't reckon many of them bowled ten because Garnett Kruger was terrible for them. Yeah, but I don't think he got the full ten out. Yeah. yeah okay. So they, I was thinking if they bowled their five over bowlers flat, was another guy. So they used they, they, they ended up yeah. using six. So yeah. it was Binger, Lewis, Bracken. Simons, Michael Clark, and someone else. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah so no one would have got very close to mine no. there, too. That's interesting. Next that close was about, yeah, it was about 75 have, or 80. They had those bowlers. Yeah. Brett Lee didn't bowl out his 10, but mm. Mick Lewis did. Yeah. It's interesting. And Mick Lewis, like, and when you read um, his economy and that, like, even towards the end of his state career, and that, he's always expensive. Yeah, okay. Like, so... It's not like they picked him knowing that he was going to be line and length and all that. So it's weird that he was... He was obviously the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, in Ricky Ponting's book, he talks about how Mick Lewis... The belief was that Mick Lewis was the greatest closer in Australia at the time. He was the death bowler. Yeah, that's why he he got his full compliment. Because Uh, they they figured that he'd be able to... And he won a game in the Chapel Hadley. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, yeah, that one on debut, when you read the reports from that, he pretty much won that game. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But even then, he took three for 56. Like, he still was uh, relatively... Yeah, yeah. Like, and then you, when you look at those, he went at nearly six and over, so he still was relatively expensive. Well, I suppose if he bowls half his overs in the last ten... Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. that's bound to happen. Yeah. Hmm, yes, all right. Well, thanks, Mick. It's um, yeah, thanks, now for a very brief look at women's cricket. There's been some, some movement there. The... BCCI are letting women play in the BBL, WBBL, sorry. Yep. Yeah, mm. good news. Yeah, it is good news. Mm. So you wonder, maybe they'll let the men play in the BBL one day. I uh, wouldn't have thought so, mate. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's no female IPL, so there's no, yeah, so there's no competition there. Is this where I meant to shut up, guys?
All right, that great story. It's over to David with the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Tell what Leon was saying. Tell you what, there's some serious technology getting about at the moment. Oh, yeah. podcast. Um, yep, so good, bad, the ugly. Wonderful stinger. Thank you, Ross. Um, first good is, well, you know, you know, boys, I don't really like to talk about how good we are as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I never bring up the numbers. No. Um, you know, we're humble. basically humble. humble. Very humble. Um, recidivist winners, so it sits comfortably with me. You know yeah. what I mean? That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but the first good our numbers, oh, they are unbelievable. I got a picture from a um, friend of the show, Chris Bullock, the yeah, other day. Um, according to Facebook, 10,998 people are talking about us on Facebook. Really? That's what it says. I did see that as well. Really? Yeah. I don't know how, but that's yeah. what it says. <laughs> what? what the fuck are these 11,000 people doing? I know. Don't Probably they have not. a life? Yeah, obviously not. Yeah, really, there's... You know, two and a half entertaining people on this show, yeah. and the, the rest are just sort of, well, filler. Yeah, I don't lift your game, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other good for mine was um, Cook 10,000 test runs. Yeah, begrudging uh, good. Yeah, right. it's a pretty good effort from a boring yeah. bastard, let's be yeah. honest. Like, and a farmer. Yeah, yeah, and just a real sort of straight up and down, short back yeah. and sides type yeah. operator. You know, kind of not, don't sweat type of Look at the other blokes who've made 10,000. You've got um, Sengakara. Yeah, he's pretty clean cut, but at least he attacked the ball. Yeah. Richie yeah. Ponning, here is four arms in the world. Yeah. Like to Punch get a bit of a bit. Yeah, that sort of shit. That's what you Massive want from your tenders. Yeah. Border. Oh, real a bigger brick. asshole. Real prick. Yeah. Who's that Indian prick? What's his name? Sonny Gavaskar. That's him. He's another prick. You know, you need some something about you. Sachin's the nicest bloke on earth, isn't he? Sachin. Wanker. <laughs> That'll lose about 10,000 followers. Yeah, that guy's 10,000. <laughs> Uh, I had another good, and that was David Warner winning the IPL as captain. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch a second of the IPL, but I'm happy that we've beaten the Indian pricks at their own game. Mm. Uh, the bad, the two test, oh, the test two tier system. Just leave the game alone. It's fine. Yeah, this is weird thing about having to input meaning because it'll be dead in oh. 2020 or whatever. They always five years into the future, the test's always going to be dead. Yeah. But then when you get there, it's not. The more you fuck around with the game, the more it turns people off. Yeah. All right, the crowds are down in places like South Africa, but yeah. when have South Africa or any, packed out any stadium yeah. or New Zealand packed out any game for a test? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's bullshit. Um, my other bad was the English summer. Um, the poor Sri Lankan bastards are getting pumped and they're battling hypothermia at the same time. <laughs> freezing over there. One of the places got, I saw someone, uh, when Chandamon made 100, one of the blokes was standing up and he's got actual woolen gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> for his country. <laughs> I hear they wear beanies underneath their baggy blues. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, just a one, another little point for the bad. The oversaturation of day-night test talk. Look, yeah. the first one was all right. Yeah. But don't start putting in three or four for a summer. Just let it grow, yeah, well, yeah, you know, naturally. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Instead, you're going to have all tests that are day-night, and then the one that's played during the day is going to be the marquee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that, kid. No. I don't. Neither do I, Paul. I'm no. with you, mate. Um, and my ugly, I think this one, we all knew it was coming. Moises on Riggs test squad selection. Nah. Yes. Nah. I'd rather see pudding gut Shane Lee be given the all-rounder spot. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Fair dick of Moises. Four games in the Sheffield Shield, no wickets, and he gets a test spot. Yeah. Anyway, that's it, Ross. Yeah, no Vicks in that test squad, hey? Yeah. yeah. They're all injured, all the guys that were going to get picked anyway. What's going on with Big Dumb Pato? 
Your man. Yeah. Sort of a hairline fra- fracture of the lower left tibia or something yeah. like that. <laughs> that, sounds <laughs> like a, yeah. that sounded like it would be a stupid injury. Isn't he, isn't he out on the tools somewhere building houses? I did see uh, that picture. Actually, I sent that picture to you guys, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, he's back on the tools in the off-season. Yeah. Hey, dickhead, how about you get in some sort of hyperbaric chamber? <laughs> exactly. Put some bloody bubble wrap on yourself yeah. and don't move. Get in 15 moon boots, put a moon boot on every part of your body. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Double moon boot your bad leg. Single yeah, moon boot your good leg. Yeah. And you know what's interesting, Ross? As you recall, when he first came back into the test side, he had his new action, which was not going to cause yeah, injuries. Straight, yeah. very straight. No counter-rotation or whatever they talk yeah. about. And then he said, I'm not getting any wickets. I'm going back to my old thing. My old yeah. dumb paddock. And, and yeah, guess and what happened? What happened to old dumb paddock? He got injured. He got injured. Oh, yeah, he well, takes take some wickets, mate. Often no ball, oh, too. Yeah, yeah, he did take a lot of wickets. No, he did. When he changed his action, he took heaps of wickets. But yeah. it's like, surely he can learn to bowl with a different action. If I was the biomechanists who remodeled his action or the whatever their profession is, I'd just like yeah. be like Cricket Australia, just pay me the money I'm not turning up anymore because what's yeah. the point? You don't listen. Yeah. That's right. You don't believe in it. Anyway. Yeah. He's pretty dumb. Yeah. Uh, interesting <laughs> that you brought up there, David, about the new test um, two divisions. I like it. I think it's going to work. Yeah. I think the only thing that will stop it working is money. <laughs> mm. Well, mm. South Africa would be in the bottom tier going by the current rankings from what I see. Isn't there mm. eight? Yep. In the yeah, they wanted tier, seven, so it'll be mm. three... Seven teams in the top division, so you play three home and three away in a two-year period. Mm. It actually made sense. The, mm. I In that article I was reading, they also talked about other changes to the international thing. You could be a full member of the ICC yeah. without having test status, which I like that idea. Well, I don't understand. Yeah. If yeah. you look at FIFA, right, soccer... Mm. There's no such thing as full members and whatever else yeah, status. Yeah, you're a member. You're a yeah. member. And yeah. there's countries that aren't even in the United Nations who are FIFA members. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Faso. So based on that, on this tiering system, so if something happened to Australian or English cricket and the arse fell out, mm. yeah. does that mean there'd be no Ashes for two years? Nah. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the issue. Yeah. The yeah. argument was like the ICC would then try and protect marquee series. Yeah. yeah. But there's only series. one real marquee series, yeah. unless you want to count Australia India. But mm. the Ashes yeah. is really the only sort of marquee series yeah. that they've got. Like, so they would, so, so, so they wouldn't, so they wouldn't look at protecting like New Zealand, Zimbabwe. Nah, that's no. exactly right. Not the um, Henry Alonga. Um, Scott Styrus <laughs> <laughs> Billy Ray Styrus yeah. what would that be a thing because you've got you know with the war muralies two ridiculous yep. heads what would the plaster cast be of those right. oh, it'd be a short hair. back and sides with a dread hanging yeah that's exactly right that's or exactly a what it picture be. of an umpire with a wide yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Another intri- Well, it actually makes sense to have just abandoned that stupid notion of being a, having test status or not, uh, and yeah. just have have the um, tiers so that um, yeah you can because uh, underneath test cricket there's the intercontinental cup which yes. is in divisions, so yeah. it's a logical next step just to have divisions on top of that and maybe only give the top two divisions their test matches and the other ones are first class and. As your yeah. nation comes up the rungs, you actually start playing tests. Yeah, and I guess mm. like 
the first class games they could come and play like South Australia or something in a, in Australia for a match and you could sort of work it in that way. So like Netherlands play a first class match against the county side or something like that. Mm. Mm. Yep. To get the to get them four day game practice at least. Oh, but I do they've, agree, they've got but... the internet intercontinental cups and the Netherlands are playing Kenya Scotland. and So Scotland. they play four day games. Yeah, yeah, they oh, play four oh, day okay. games. Oh okay. I thought they yeah. just played one day in twenty twenty. No, no, no. Four day yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yep. I do agree they've got to do something to grow the game in the what, the associate nations, but mm. I'm not sure well, they should having get rid the of... top test teams and tiering systems going to work for me. No, is true, it... but they should definitely get gonna... rid of that notion of a, you're a, a test status or you're an associate. Yeah, Everyone should yeah. be able to play test cricket if they can make it, say, to the top 10 test na- uh, you know, yeah. cricket nations yeah, in yeah. the world through merit. You know? yeah, exactly. Like any, any country that's with FIFA, if they go through the qualifications any country can play in the world cup that's yeah. right yeah that's yeah. why it's called the world cup yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not the teams we pick yeah that's right yeah. exactly the 2017 yeah. champions trophy uh was such a success that no that's next what's this 2016 oh, no, it's such a success that they're going to have it again in 2017. yeah sorry the t- 2016 world t20 was <laughs> such a success that they're going to have them back they're going to go back to a two-year cycle you know, have them in 2018 and 2022, and um, they want to have a minimum of 16 teams. And okay. they've got the um, the final decision over whether the 2018 World T20 will go ahead will be made by the ICC's broadcast partner, Star TV India. Yeah, yeah, just shows you where all the money is, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it'll be staged in either South Africa, Sri Lanka, or the UAE to fit in with Indian time zones. So well, can't... South Africa won't because their own government has said they're not allowed to bid for an international sport. That's right. Yep. So it won't be in South Africa. Mm. Yep. Because they haven't met. Not with that attitude, anyway. Well, they, <laughs> haven't, they haven't met their, um, in, uh, I guess, African quota of sporting things. You have yeah. to play like a certain percentage of your top tier team has to be of African descent. Yeah. Yep. So they didn't meet that, and in any of their levels, but they're one of the best competitions yeah. for any sport. But they didn't meet it, so they said, "No, you're not applying for any international." Yeah, and that's a weird political issue in itself. Isn't I think it? it's yeah. fair. Mm. Um, they did. They would come pretty close. I think it was like two percent off or something like that. But they said, "We didn't meet the criteria." Yeah, well, mm. I think they. Yeah, it's not all based around the top, the test side, but it's based on levels. But I think the test size was deficient. But the other. So side, essentially, like the under twenty ones and stuff didn't have enough and. Um, I think the test side didn't, but overall, even right. the even their domestic competitions didn't have enough. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it was the same. This is thing like, well, I've got to pick a whole bunch of duds yeah. because I'm going to hit a quota. You know, yeah. it's the same old argument that's been going for years. But they didn't meet it, so they're not going to have. Yeah, the, not going to solve the problems now, are we? So no, yep. no So the, the what's brought all this about is the election of the new ICC chairman. Shashank Manohar, who seems genuinely committed to growing cricket as a global game and running the yes. ICC as a governing body for the good of all 105 members rather yes. than the favoured 10 with full members who have test status. Uh, mm, so how the hell did he get voted in? I have no <laughs> idea. How, how, did the, how did these crazy ideas get through the system? So Dave Richardson, who's the, um, like, I don't know, he's a, like... Uh, Football manager, yeah, football manager at the ICC said um, uh, they have 105 members and they want 100, all 105 members to be able to play T20 internationals. Mm-hmm. And then the better ones, the top 30 to 35, would graduate to the 50 over game and be involved in global competitions. 
um, catering to approximately that number of teams, so 35 teams playing one-day internationals. And then test like cricket it. would be the top end where the top 18 teams are playing a multi-day format, be it in the inter- Intercontinental Cup or part of a test league. Mm. Mm, so big, cool. thinking big, it's whether it comes to fruition or not, because mm. we all remember the World Championship, World Test Championship was going to happen in 2017. Yeah, and that uh, got canned. Yeah, so huh. interesting. I think a two-year cycle. I know they have to do it this way, but if mm. you're gonna remember the whole two-year cycle, you're gonna remember it's coming up to the cutoff, and we need to beat Sri Lanka by uh, I think six so. wickets to. Yeah, it's but a, I don't think I would. It's just too long, right? Yeah, well, they especially said, for what most people are used to. But I suppose if, if they, as a governing body, are monitoring it and making it focal point. Yeah, yeah. Then. In theory, it's up to them as well then to coax the national bodies to embrace it as well. Yeah, yeah. they'll be forced to, I imagine. But, yeah. And really, with the two-year cycle, it's only going to be three days longer than the 2007 World Cup in the West Indies. Anyway. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. So, you know. <laughs> considering, considering Tubby and Heels and Michael Slater and that can rabbit on for five days about when they once went to a pub in South Africa. I'm sure they can mention this every day. <laughs> yeah. If I could shit about hmm. Steve Moore's favourite calf team, yeah. then surely we can, <laughs> we can get some real news in there. Yeah. That is true. It's a good point. But I don't know. Just a, it's going to take think... getting used to by the you know, public. Tell you what, my segment's become a hotbed of discussion here, hasn't it's, it? It's a, good hey. point. it's a good point, Alex, because that's what he said. Currently, the Futures Tour program is on a five, four or five-year cycle. And it's too long. He said people lose track of what's going on. And so that's why they bring it back to two years. So, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's still not ideal, I agree. But if they have yeah. a much simpler point system and you only accumulate points for two years and then they you start again at zero, yeah. it, could, it could actually, yeah, I know it's a long time, but it could actually work, I think. Yeah, yeah no carryover points or any yeah. of that shit. Yeah, just yeah. yeah no, it's like yeah. you just go, it's a two-year season. Yeah, bang, that's it. Yeah. at the end. You're yeah. the top eight, right? You guys play each other next year. You're the bottom eight, right? You guys play each other next the, year. Uh, go this bring in, you know, what people say, if for a World Cup, we're building towards a World Cup, so we'll play some Doug kids or some Moses on rear kids. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this could happen in Test cricket. If you're, if you have, like, you lose your first three series, yeah, that's true. you're essentially out of it. Yep. Why not play with your kids and just take for the like that could bring that into it instead of always playing your best side for every test but because you wouldn't, that you, is the pinnacle. I don't but, think you'd but want if to. You're get... in the, if you're in the top, there's no yeah. reward for going down. Yeah, yeah. So there's, no, there's no need to tank. I understand what you mean. I understand what you're saying. To get them to appropriate level when the new points is. But historically, that's what they've done anyway. Like Clark played four tests. In India, when there's nowhere near ready for test yeah, cricket, yeah. so and Darren Lehman probably yeah. could have played. I think it him. might go a bit yeah, you deeper. Might put yeah. Four kids in because yeah. you're not mm-hmm. going to win. You're going to get third. Or you'll put in a project player like Mitch Marsh for a whole two summers. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Mitch Marsh will play for two summers in a row. No way, they wouldn't pick him for two summers in a row. <laughs> yeah. Surely our selectors wouldn't be that dumb. <laughs> Nepotism. <laughs> But, um, um, but, yeah, I understand your point. What I'm yeah. saying is, like, is there's no real, like, playing those kids and exposing them and losing series. If you got, there's no, there's nothing yeah. to be gained from going out of the top tier. I, I understand bit, your point, but you're wrong. It's but maybe, you know, well, no, it's not that. I just I don't agree. That's all. <laughs> you, you're I'm right. not saying that you finish last. I'm saying that you can't make 
you can't win it. So then, what's the point of? Say yes. you're two games out, and you got one game left. Well, if you're a professional oh, yeah, sporting team, but yeah, you're, but you you're should. About if you yeah. lose your first three series, we still got three series to go. Yeah, you're only yeah. halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't give up at halfway, mate. Well, You're not going to win many marathons that, you? football club. You give it up halfway. Yeah. But, uh, Bloody a, hell, mate. A lot of teams that aren't going to win anything do that, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and they're shit countries yeah. and put them in the second tier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In nearly every sport, people, a team <laughs> will do that. So I'm just, I'm just think that'll happen. You just have to for too long, mate. You see, it, you see it a little bit <laughs> with the um, one-day cricket now because it's on the four-year cycle. Yeah. yeah. When it's on the... When it's on the down, straight after the World Cup, they yeah. basically have two years of just piss farting around, and then they yeah. start thinking about, okay, who are we going to play? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But maybe with the two-year cycle, it won't be so bad. With yeah, it's sort of four-year thing, I yeah. suppose. But yeah. Yeah. You don't have as much time to piss fart around, but probably you're right. Um, countries will go more clinical and like cut a few blokes off where they would yeah. have cut them off at a time they thought was appropriate. Now, with the forced two, if they bring in the two-year cycle, it'll be more obvious um, yeah, yeah, to spectators that, oh, yeah, okay, they put the queue in the rack and they're blooding some kids sort of thing, yeah. Exactly. But I yeah. suppose it does happen with the last test yeah. of, like, series that you've yeah. really lost yeah. that they'll play like yeah. And also in easy series, they often blood a player or two. <clears> in a home series, I think it's going to be relatively easy. Yeah. Give them a soft start yeah, rather than a hard start, yeah. Exactly. What's next, Ross? Ah, oh, well, thank you for that, David. It's now, <laughs> it's now on to national team talk and the Australian team uh, in uh, the West Indies. I believe they stopped in New York for a little bit. I did see a bit of that. Mm, yeah. My boys, uh, and mixed boys, sorry, Vic. Um, mine are mixed boys of New York Mets and had a look around City Field, which is probably the most famous stadium in the world, if we're being honest. Um, it's been yeah. around since 2007, a lot of history. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they watch the batters warm up and stuff yeah. like that? Uh, mm. They wanted to have a hit for They met a few of the, um, I think, the Jippo sort of second stringers. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't think they had any sort of real access to the, to the good uh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's certainly Cricket Australia website where promoting it almost as hard as they promoted that ODI goat thing. Yeah, yeah I thought they were working for New York tourism. Half yeah, the time. I know. <laughs> yeah, pictures of this and that and uh, shit everywhere. Does anyone know anything about what's happening in the West Indies currently? I know yeah, well, South Africa lost. Someone yeah. Ryan took six for, didn't he? Yes, yeah, he did. Uh, big, uh, big Kyron Pollard smashed the half century as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was just belting him everywhere. And there's a bit of politics, wasn't there? Because Kyron didn't play BBL and none of the other BBL players were picked because they didn't play in the... Nakios Super 50 or something that's in the yeah, West Indies yeah, at the same time. Yeah, you had to time. get selected out of the domestic club yeah. playing 50. You couldn't get out it's of the... It's weird, like, yeah. the, um, but the Wallabies Kieran Pollard didn't, unions like that too. Yeah, Kyron Pollard, yeah. sorry, didn't play in the BBL only because he was injured. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not the, uh, not the Wallabies, the Rugby League Australian team. I think you have to be playing... National Rugby League before you can be selected. So if you go to uh, England and play their Super League, yeah, you can't uh, play yeah. for Australia. Yeah. 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 So weird, nepotism. nepotism yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Mm. So did South Africa win that in the end? No, no, no. The West Indies got up. All uh, right, and was there a bowler playing for um, South Africa called Fangisa or something? Yeah, number sixty-nine. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> must be a real winner that. Yeah, it must yeah. be a real champion. Yep, yeah, real classy, huh? Hey? Yeah, no, Pollard, uh, Pollard was smashing back up his head when I was watching it. Uh, okay, very good. So Australia play tonight, I believe. 
Yep, tomorrow yes. And we play the West Indies first up? Yep. The mm. alarm set, ready to go. Yeah. I'll be not illegally streaming it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> because the games now start at 3am our time, so you can get up at a reasonable hour, like 6, and watch half the game. Yeah. Oh, well, some of us go to work, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> no, those who don't work, you know. Uh, well, that was very interesting. Also, <laughs> so deadpan. It's yeah. really, it's really sort of hard to get excited about a tri series in the West Indies in yeah. the first week so of June. Yeah, be excited about a tri series not in Australia. We're the king of tri series. Yeah, yeah, I know. No one else cares about tri series. We're the court series, don't yeah. we? Yes, Australia, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think the last time there was Australia went in a tri series. I came up with. 2006 in Malaysia. <laughs> what a Pepsi Cola DLC Cup or whatever. Yeah, it was. that's the one. Sri Lanka in India. I think there was another one. Oh, the 2000. And... No, we would have played one more recently. Five. Australia. Yeah. Oh, what yes. About... Yeah. 2012 yes. in Australia. But outside Australia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably the 05 one with Bangladesh and England. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we lost to Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one. Andrew Simon's piss up. Yeah, right. <laughs> he yeah. was on the soda sauce and just said, oh, stuff cricket. We've all been there, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the draw for next uh, year's Champions Trophy was released 365 days in advance. Now, this is my kind of fixturing. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is not some, you know, the, the World T20 just held in India recently. I don't think they actually announced the venues and that until about three weeks beforehand. Yeah. This is my kind of fixturing. The, the, no the tournament starts on the 1st of June 2017, and the fixtures are announced on the 1st of June 2016. That's what you want, preparation. Oh, I can now yeah. salivate and do other things about, you know, England versus Bangladesh <laughs> in 360 days' time. Mm, Where's that being played, please? Yeah, that'll things. be at the Oval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, a start time of 10.30 local time, which will be half past seven our time. So that'll be good. Well, well aren't we going over there to record a middle Oh, that's right. Podcast? That's yeah, our... Yeah. Um, uh, we're going with Merv, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. No, Ed said Australia are putting us up. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's it. We've, <laughs> uh, we've also booked a commentary box slot in the press area. So yeah, we'll be in the press box, yeah. 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 I'll fund that myself. I'll be grabbing a 10,000 bucks for each of you. Just put it on the kitty litter thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Australia are in a group with uh, Bangladesh, England, and New Zealand. Oh, group of death. Yeah. So it's oh, it is the group of death for sure. <laughs> the other groups only got India, Pakistan, South Africa, and Sri Lanka. So yeah, yeah that's group, easy. Group of life. Yep. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> you'll notice that the West Indies didn't make the cut because it was only the top eight ranked teams as yeah. of. I don't know, a year ago. Yeah, so that's interesting. And uh, interestingly enough, it's going to go for about the length of the Olympics. Starts on a Thursday and it finishes on a Sunday two weeks later. Oh, wow. It's so quick. Short, sharp. It's like 18 days. Yeah. yeah. Amazing what you can do when you put some thought into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play it out a year ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, oh, we can't play at Edgebaston that day. Oh, yes, we can because we got in first. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, we move on now to Cricket Rewind Quiz. And we're looking this time at the 2001 Ashes. Okay. Yes. So I, yeah, thought... I know everything about this series, Ross, so I'm going to be... Oh, favorite. good. I yeah. thought we would start by having a look at... It's probably, well, in my lifetime, Australia's strongest ever starting 11. I'll mm. run at the, the fifth test. 
I'll run it through for you. Um, it was Hayden and Langer opening, yeah. Ponting at three, Mark War, Steve War, four and five, Damian Martin at six, Gilchrist at seven. Then we had Warren, Brett Lee, Gillespie, and McGrath. Jeez. Oh, geez, that's a team yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's... Um, a player made his test debut in this series, and he's a middle-order batsman. Do you know who it was? Test debut, middle-order batsman. Um, for, can you give us the country? For Australia, sorry. Simons? No. Oh, uh... Cadditch? Yes. Simon Kelly. Yes. yes. Oh, that's Everyone's one. I'm so surprised. Mick fell off his chair. <laughs> Alex, one point. Uh, he, do you know the circumstances how he made his test debut? Uh, someone would have rolled their ankle or something playing a pickup game of soccer before the game. Give him a point. Give him a point for that. Yeah. No. Uh, Steve Waugh injured his calf in the third test. Ah. And so in the fourth test, Simon Kadich batted at um, six, I believe. Yeah, and um, made some runs. It's pretty good. Yeah, so uh, Australia won the series four one. Um, Steve War, the, probably the more interesting thing about it was that Steve War injured his calf in the third test, as I mentioned, and he missed the fourth test. Adam Gilchrist captained, and he was a little bit generous in his declaration. And Mark Butcher made one hundred and seventy three, and um, England won. Then Australia um, won the fifth test, so they won the series four one. It was, they're very dominant, and so they only used uh, 12 players during the entire oh. test series. Uh, sorry, 13 players. So we've already worked out 12 of them. Who was the 13th player that they used? Michael Slater. Yes. Yep. Bam. Yep. And he played the first four tests and then was dropped. Oh. That was the start of the uh, like a Hayden uh, bromance. Yes. So it was Slater, Hayden, and then Lee. Yep. 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 And Langer made 100. Opening so, first time he'd opened for Australia and got a bo- knock on the bongo, which was pretty standard. Yep. Yes, standard banger. Yeah. In his first test, his first ball got hit in the yeah, bongo. Cracked his helmet. Yeah, yeah. I watched the thing on Facebook. We were talking about. Oh, Jesus. Now here's an interesting one for you. There were three backup bowlers on the tour. Oh yes, yes, three backup bowlers. Them? You want us to name them? Yes, please. Kasperwitz was one. No, Bickle. he wasn't there. Really? Bickle? Oh, very surprised. No, not Bickle either. Another Shane Queenslander. Shane Lee? No. Adam Dale? No. Craig McDermott? No. Uh, not Steve McGoffin? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's still offering his services, I believe. Not uh, Scotty Muller? No, close. Sort of similar ilk. Ashley Nofke? Yes. <laughs> Ashley Nofke. So think all that. I think Kasperwitz might have been injured. I don't know. Yeah. He just had, he probably just bowled a pair of overs at the 2001 mm. Indian Tour. Yeah. So he's probably just bowled a pair of overs. Yeah. Geez, that might have set him set him down for six months. And Wait, so there was two other backup bosses. Well, Stuart McGill would have been one. No. No. There was a different he, spinner. Colin Miller? Yes. Ah, funky. And... Another Victorian. Paul Rifle. No, close. Not Big Bad Brad Williams, was it? No, no. <laughs> uh, sort of your medium dibbly dobbler? Or... Oh, yeah, swing bowler. 
Oh, Flemo. Yes. So, yes, interesting one. Brett Lee was particularly shit on this tour. But um, Shane Warne took 32 wickets and Glenn McGrath took 31, so they covered up for the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. And right. so, yeah, the others didn't get a look in. Mm. Who was the backup wicketkeeper on this tour? Graham Manu. No. Darren Berry. No. Wade Seckham. Yes. Oh, good, Mick. Yeah. yeah. I don't have good knowledge of keepers. You're a keeper guy. I was going to say Phil next. What were um, Colin Miller's hair colours during the last (laughs) test? Blue. Uh, No. Green? I think he he started with yellow, and then he went to green, and then he finished with red. Orange? Red. Hard question. He wouldn't have been out of bowl with red hair. True. (laughs) He would have to put up a white figure on his head. Oh, well, he, was, he didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> sure, he played some of the... Uh, yeah, two tour matches. Yeah, who gives a shit about those? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Said by a true first eleven guy. <laughs> uh, how many kilos did Shane Warne weigh on the 2001 Oh, he was... 125. Yeah, I reckon. 98. Over the time. I'm looking at yeah. these pictures over the ton. He's the heaviest he's ever been and the blondest he's ever been. Yes, yeah, he went real oh. bottle blonde there. Maybe Colin yeah. Miller got in his ear or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all a bit weird. Oh, yeah, it's a big one. He's looking like a blondonge there. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got for us? All right, so... Um, this, there's a bit of Steve War focus on this. Steve War's an interesting mix of, you know, like a bit of uh, like he's off a farm. Yeah. 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 Bit of John Williamson tribute. Bit of John yeah. Williamson. A bit of like a bit of a you know sort of seventies throwback. You know, just wear a flannelette shirt, sort of dickhead. You know, just. <laughs> but he lived in the two thousands anyway. Uh, what's what's the his... question? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? And he's a sportsman, like you should yeah. be. You know. Anyway. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what you you would know this Paul, from having read yeah. his books. But how did Steve War celebrate the two thousand and one Ashes victory? Uh, oh, ice cream and strawberries, I think. Oh, okay. Did, giving money to a charity in India <laughs> for Indian kids. <laughs> that should have been getting, A and B. Oh no, he celebrated it from a um, hospital bed. Getting kneed in the face by Joseph Gillespie. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had like DVT in a hospital bed or something when he got the news that he was an Ashes winning captain. Jesus. Yeah, maybe. He wasn't watching the project like Scotty Muller was when he found out, he got, when he found out about warning. <laughs> well, he celebrated the end of the fifth test with his usual end of series celebratory drink. Oh, the Southern Comfort and Coke. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> was he in year 11? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some real weirdos in that team. Aren't they? Yeah. Michael Slater and Shane Warne and Brett Lee having their, um, uh, you know, Bacardi breezes, like the yeah. year 11 girls. And then... talking, about, talking about Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, yes. And then, and then uh, Steve Waugh... Chucking on the John Williamson CD as he slams down a Southern and Coke. <laughs> Very weird. Hey, true. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> he's lost it. Uh, it's just too funny. So uh, there's a Go picture on. here of um, 
uh, Steve Warren Hooter having yeah, yeah. a Southern Southern and Coke. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and what what is Steve Warren's wearing his test gear still? But what yeah. is he wearing on his head? <laughs> and a Cobra. <laughs> yes, he's wearing. He's wearing. <laughs> in fact, it's sillier than that. He's wearing. His baggy green is proudly worn under the slouch hat. <laughs> oh, what? That's almost like treason or something. You can't wear a slouch that hat. That is weird. Yeah, that is oh, weird. they yeah. all wore slouch hats because they went to Gallipoli before. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the army gave them slouch hats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's sitting here on the team bus with having a Southern and Coke in a plastic cup with Hooter, wearing his t- test shirt, a his baggy green and his slouch hat on top of his baggy green. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a real weirdo, I reckon. Rear unit. <laughs> Is that your last question? <laughs> no, no, there's one to go. Go on. <laughs> a... He's wearing woolen socks, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's such a Steve Moore heavy focus to it. <laughs> yeah. Now, this, this one actually, I'll just read it out, it's not a question. It's a picture of Brett Lee, he's torn his intercostal muscles here, and it yeah. says, uh, and he's lying on the um, physio table, which looks like it's like a, out of a D2 MO's change room. Um, <laughs> Hardest leather ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, celebrating is not always what it's cracked up to be. Here, Bing lies in pain with an ice pack on his torn intercostal muscle. In years gone by, with the series over, such an injury would have been anaesthetized with a few beers. Today, it's the same. <laughs> Uh, so that's when Steve Wall wrote his own picture captions, I believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Imagine the ghostwriter just shaking his head. Yeah, like, I know. Oh, yeah. My name's going to be on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of pictures of Shane Warne looking massive with a purple, yeah, with right, a purple so bandana on, too. I'm calling it a tie between Alex and Mick for this one. Yeah. I don't think so. I so I've got the tiebreaker question, Ross, for Alex and Mick. Oh, yes. Who was Steve Waugh's back sponsor in the last test of the 2001 Asher series? MRF? No. Blank. No. Yes, blank. Blank. Yeah. yeah. That's the famous photo when he, I think he tore his calf again trying to make 100 or he got 100. And yeah. He flattened his face. Oh, it's all dirty. Yeah. Yeah. He raised his back. Yeah. It's, like, it's just a blank back. So, why don't Mick, you won that one. Mm. Very good. Did you want another little highlight from that tour? Go uh, yes. on. Yes, Rob. Yes. What's he drinking now? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, they went to... Pat, Pat Rafter played in the Wimbledon's men final. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> they wore their baggy greens for the and, final. And so this was a bit of a contentious thing, wasn't it? Because Shane Warne said it was stupid. Yeah, he never um, wore the baggy greens. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the, the picture caption, it's Glenn McGrath and Steve Waugh sitting at Wimbledon with their baggy greens on. And it, the picture caption, obviously written by Steve again, says, the boys decided to wear the baggy green as a sign of support for Pat Rafter. <laughs> yeah, I thought they just sort of wore Bond's undies on their heads. Mm. <laughs> on their I, thought, head. I thought they just painted a white spot. Ah, um, on the held up signs that we hate Philip Bruce's too. <laughs> Can I just say that the picture of them sitting in the crowd, they look like a pair of dickheads with their baggy greens on. Yeah. It's one of the most awkward <laughs> tour diaries I've ever read. This there's, I didn't read much of it. I've read it before, but I didn't read much today. But no, I did click open a page where um, uh, Steve Ward talked about how um, 
days off these days are not really days off. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> Having a net session? No, he. The main issue normally, I went to the. Uh, sorry, after some treatment on my niggly left knee, aimed at preventing it getting any worse rather than making it better. It was back to the ground for the match referees meeting. These are normally tedious affairs, but at the same time essential, because they do offer a forum where a significant point could be made. The main issue today was totally out of the blue. The match referee will now be the tosser of the coin. This is an issue of the ICC, and I think it's a joke. A decision made without consultation with any players, and for what reason? Surely as a captain you have the right to either toss the coin or call it, but now only one captain will have any input. Mm, so just getting fired <laughs> so, up about the big issues, hey? Who's tossing the coin? The lines here. So Steve Waugh is so good with the coin that he can flick it and make it land yeah. on whatever side he wants. Well, if it stands yeah. up, it's going to land on heads. He knows that. Yeah. That's, that's his whole <laughs> style. Yeah. He's a coin tosser from way back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah tosser. Yeah. Well, Ross, that was one of the shooter quizzes, mate. That yeah. Was great. This has gone on for uh, probably three times as long as my segment, I might add, everyone. Yeah, I okay. think it's entertaining. Yeah. Anyway, this is also where they introduced the um, system where they'd give each session a ticker across an equal sign. So it's oh, quite revolutionary. Too, yeah. mm. X indicates we lost the session. Right, yeah. Equal says it was equal. A tick says oh. we won. Mm. Okay. So day four on the second session of the first test, that got two ticks. Mm. Oh, they, they won one. Yeah. yeah. That'd be very handy for that person who comes up to you like 15 overs into a two-day game and goes, who's winning? <laughs> That's right. Well, just go look at the tick crossboard, you dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'm glad you enjoyed that. They also went to Euro Disney for a day. That was good, obviously. Hmm. <laughs> just got to read the whole thing. <laughs> Put the book down, Ross. I think we're at we're it now. Oh, there's, the just, there's so much you could learn from reading a Steve War diary, you know? <laughs> As a columnist board, there's a lot to sink my tooth into. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Come on. Yeah, so that was the Cricket Rewind quiz, and congratulations for Alex for winning that. You get to draw yourself a lithograph now. Mm. Oh, awesome. Mm. I might do Essex's home ground. Oh, excellent. The Ford County Club. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we move on to our final segment. It's uh, listener feedback, Alex. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's more, less feedback, more give back by our listeners. So <laughs> it's uh, one of our favourite listeners, Tom Bennett, who provided the Parmer and chips for dinner tonight. Good catering. Oh, work, bellissimo. Oh. Paraphrasing the Italian word, bellissimo. One of the best. And it's made in Bandura. It was fantastic. I really appreciate it. Um, It's just, we're just, you know, when people say our fans are just the best fans, Mm. you know, we're just so loyal. They're so good. So loyal, they make us palmers. Our fan is the best fan. (laughs) (laughs) But he has to be a fan because we're doing it in his house. Um, I got the automatic text message off Tip Bansley too. Ross? Yep. Yep. Just said, shit show, okay. um, give up. Oh, so right. I'm, I'm and did he say, oh, I got one too, it said the same thing, it said, P.S. sound levels were shit too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 10,998 people, Tim. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex, didn't you get some feedback from Chris Bullock about the lithograph? Oh, yeah, it's um, pride of place. So I drew Chris Bullock his lithograph for correctly naming the county ground. And he wanted a lithograph drawn of Seddon Oval in um, 
Ivan home and I drew it for him. I think it was probably my best work. Said reserve. Said reserve, sorry, mate. Yeah. Been playing there for 13 years. Yeah, you, that's that's fair enough, you don't know. 103 Green Street. Yes. Um, <laughs> hey, hey. So, so pride of place. <laughs> pride of place up in his wall next to uh, a framed signed thing of Hodgie, the uh, Hawthorne skipper, so pretty proud that yeah. we get close to Hodgie. So one of those items is worth a couple of thousand dollars and the other is a signed Hawthorne job? Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, it'd be worth <laughs> millions in a couple of years. Should have taken the Hodgie thing out of the frame. And yeah, put, put the lithograph in. into the frame. Well, I think Chris was saying he's had a few offers to buy the lithograph yeah. now that we've hit 10,998 people. Sales that thing. I want some sort of kickback on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, hey, mate, it's part of the uh, intellectual property of the podcast, oh. not just me, mate. So you'll be getting some, don't you? Yeah, worry. that's true. If he sells that thing, I'm bringing out the bloke too because he's fairly just giving money away. <laughs> <laughs> You just want to give me 10 grand? I didn't do a side thing. I'll give you one of my worn mid-off t-shirts. Here. <laughs> Good. So there'll be coming, there'll be more coming um, competitions with uh, various flavours that you all, everyone will get a signed lithograph drawn by me. Excellent. Can't wait. Yes. 11,000 mm. lithographs. <laughs> yeah. This has been the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast, another big lug production brought to you by our host of financially viable sponsors, the Gold Medal Soft Drink Company, Collins Class Submarine, Dick Smith, Masters, Pizza Haven, Bunnaker Wheels, Ollie's Trolley, Bilo, Franklin Supermarket, Tucker Bag, Pocket Mail. Hey, Pocket Mail me. <laughs> <laughs> Copper Art, Mason's, Blast Drives, and of course all our podcasts are recorded onto high quality Betamax. Uh, Ross, I'm in talks with uh, Snow River Pie Company. Uh, so <laughs> the, the doyen of pies they are. So the worst pies in there. Australia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the Snowtown um, Commonwealth Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they've got some vault space available. Yeah. <laughs> can store our Betamax there. Yeah. See you, Ross. <laughs> We're on all major social media and podcast <laughs> platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, at Midoff Cricket Podcast, at, at Midoff Cricket, and our website, midoffcricketpodcast.wix.com slash home. Our next podcast, we're a fortnight on the 18th of June. Go Aussies overnight. Until next time, it's bye for now. Thanks for listening. Bye, Ross.